6640. Your future lies in 6640. 66 books by 40 authors, and yet we now discover it's an integrated message system from outside our time domain. Welcome to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher is Chuck Missler, connecting the Bible to your life and the world around you. In today's study, Chuck begins his teaching on the book of 1 Chronicles, chapters 4 through 9. We are now in 1 Chronicles, chapters 4 through 9, in the second session. And uh, again, in the Hebrew, it's the words concerning the days is their name. But it was both First and Second Chronicles were probably written by Ezra, and they are associated with Ezra and Nehemiah as the last books in the Hebrew Bible, typically. And there is a reckoning of the Hebrew Bible in which, when you count Chronicles as one book, you actually have twenty-two uh, books in the Old Testament, which is the same number of the, the letters in the Hebrew alphabet. The Septuagint calls it supplements because the, the, the Greek translators regarded Chronicles as a supplement to the materials of First and Second Kings. And Jerome called it the Chromicon, from which we get the, uh, the English title Chronicles. And we're, we're looking at the religious record in contrast to the previous thing we studied, which is the political record. And um, we have genealogies. And I apologize, there's no, I, I can't find a way to make those genealogies sparkling and understandable. I don't want to skip reading them because that's not our style of teaching anyway. But at the same time, I realize uh, wading through a list of names of most of the people you've never heard and, and added to my mispronunciation of them, but it is what it is. We'll get in chapter 10, of course, after this session, we'll be right in the reign of David, and it starts to get very interesting. And then the reign of Solomon, and then finally the, the Davidic dynasty with all kinds of skullduggery in those days. But we're still in the genealogies. And we are, of course, in the monarchy and uh, looking at material that basically parallels First and Second Kings. In fact, Second Samuel and First and Second Kings, to be precise about it. Well, let's continue. First Chronicles chapter 3, verse 12, last time. Amaziah and Azariah, as, just to review a little bit, Azariah's son, Yotham, his son, and Ahaz, his son, and Hezekiah, his son, and Manasseh, his son, and Ammon, his son, and Josiah, his son. And the sons of Josiah were the firstborn, Yohanan, the second, Jehoiakim, that's important, the third, Zechariah, and the fourth Shalom. Jehoiakim is going to be our focus here. The sons of Jehoiakim were Jeconiah, his son, and Zedekiah, his son. And the sons of Jeconiah, Asher, Shaltiel, his son. This presents Salatiel as a son of Jeconiah. And Mikram also, and Pediah, and Shenazar, and Shemaiah, and Hashemah, and Nadabiah. Now the sons of Pediah, I want to get some of these names in front of us here. The sons of Pedadiah were Zerubbabel and Shemei, and the sons of Zerubbabel, Meshulam and Hananiah, and Shelomith, their sister. Zerubbabel is going to be important because when they come out of the Babylonian captivity, when Cyrus captures the Babylonians, Daniel shows them a letter. It was written 150 years before he was born. It calls him by name, outlines his career. He's so impressed, it's a matter of history, that he releases them to uh, as captives to go back and rebuild their temple. In fact, he brags in the cylinder of Cyrus, as you can read in the London Museum, that he took Babylon without a battle. 
But the point is when they get back there, they will ultimately be governed, ruled, under Persian supervision, but they're going to be ruled by Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel is, in practical terms, the next one to step up in the role of the, of the uh, Davidic dynasty in one sense, although he's not a king, he's just a governor. But Zerubbabel is, and he's the son of Padiah, it says here, and that's a little confusing. And the sons of uh, Neariah, Eliah, and the Hezekiah, Ezekim, are three. And the sons of Elihai were Hodaiah, and Eliashib, and Baliah, and Echab, and Johanan, and Daliah, and Anai. Seven. Well, remember we talked, we closed last time from that passage with some difficulties. The rubble is elsewhere called the son of Shealtiel, not the son of Padiah, as presented here. A whole bunch of places. Also in Luke's genealogy, he identifies Shealtiel as the son of Neri, whose descent isn't even of Solomon, not of the royal line. And Zerubbabel's line, the chronicler lists Zerubbabel's seven sons and one daughter, and the problem there is none of them appear in the genealogy of either Matthew or Luke. Okay, let's take these. Let's focus on the real issue that lies behind all of this, and that's the blood curse on Jeconiah, on the royal line, recorded in Jeremiah 22.30. Thus saith the Lord, Write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper, sitting upon the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. This presents a real scholastic problem to anyone studying the Davidic dynasty, because out of that dynasty comes the Messiah. And yet, on that line, the royal line, is now pronounced a blood curse. And you'll discover something, there's, there is no way around this problem but one. And that's a virgin birth. A virgin birth predicted in Genesis 3. It's predicted by Isaiah in 7.14. And it also is in effect predicted here in a very subtle way. Let's take a look. Okay, I said Zerubbabel is elsewhere called the son of Shealtiel, the son of Padiah. Well, Shealtiel and Padiah were brothers, according to 1 Chronicles 3, 17 to 18. So apparently, Shealtiel died early on, and according to the law of liverite marriage, his, the role of, his, that role of dynastic succession was assumed by his younger brother, Padiah. Now, so you got Jeconiah, he can't count because he's got the blood curse on him, right? With me? But he has, nevertheless, children, Padiah and Sheltiel. When Sheltiel dies, which he apparently did, Padiah, according to the law of Leverite marriage, can take his wife and raise up seed that legally belongs to Sheltiel. He raises up seed to the name of Sheltiel. And that's Zerubbabel would be among those. So Zerubbabel is thus bloodlined from Badiah and the, through the wife. And this gets even more complicated because we'll discover that the wife is a descendant of Neri, which is in turn a descendant from Nathan, another son of, of uh, David's, not Solomon, not the royal line, but of Nathan. Solomon is the royal line. Okay. But the, royal, the legal line is coming down through this chain but not the bloodline, as you'll see in a minute. Levirate marriage. Come, the word comes from Levir, Latin word, meaning husband's brother. 
And it's codified in the Torah in Deuteronomy 25, 5 to 10. And it's from this law. We see it occurs all through the scripture, if you watch for it. Badiah here raises up seed for Sheltiel, namely Zerubbabel. Luke links Badiah to Neri, a blood descendant of David, through Nathan rather than Solomon. Okay, with you follow me so far? This also explains difficulty number two, by the way. Now, there's the, there is a remaining difficulty. In Zerubbabel's line, the chronicler lists Zerubbabel's seven sons and one daughter. None of them appear in the genealogies of neither Matthew or Luke. Matthew is tracing Jesus' descent from David through Solomon, and he wrote that the son of Zerubbabel was Abayud. See, Matthew is, tr is tracing, the, he's a lawyer, in effect. He is tracing the legal authority, and he will take it down through Joseph, the legal father of David. In contrast that, Luke, being a doctor, interested in the humanity of Christ, he follows the line, he views this line through Nathan, the second, not the first, Solomon was the first surviving son under Bathsheba, Nathan was the second son, surviving son under Bathsheba. And so he sees it through Nathan and says Risa was that son. So there's different sons. He's following the bloodline. Luke is Matthew, the legal line. Luke, the bloodline, or the line of six. Okay. Let's take another look at this another way. Here's Luke. Luke, of course, from Adam to Noah, is the same as the Torah and the one we've read so far. Matthew is a Jew. Like any Jew would, he starts with Abraham in his genealogy, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right on down to David. No problem there. And obviously Luke will go through from Noah, through Shem, Arphaxad, Salah, down through Terah, and finally to Abraham. So far, these are in step, no problem. Abraham, uh, Matthew starts at Abraham rather than Adam. Adam plugs the hole from Adam to Abraham. So far, we have no difficulty. It all makes sense. To the house of David. Okay. And remember, Boaz, Obed, Jesse, and David were predicted twice in Ruth 4 and also encrypted in Genesis 38. Okay. Now let's take a look at the house of David. Matthew goes through the first surviving son of Bathsheba, Solomon. This is the legal line. Rehoboam, right on down through to Josiah. But he goes down through Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, and all these guys, Salatiel, Zerubbabel. He's following the line of succession, legal succession. And when he gets down to Jake, he becomes to Joseph, who is the legal father of Jesus Christ, but not the blood father. Luke takes a little different path. When Luke gets to David, he doesn't go through Solomon, he goes through Nathan and comes down through that line and he gets to Neri, who is the father of the wife that Pedadiah uses to have a son for Shalatiel coming on down to Heli. And Heli apparently had no sons and when Mary marries Joseph, he adopts Joseph as his own, and I'll come back to that. In other words, Matthew has Joseph's family tree. Luke has Mary's family tree. Now, Shelatiel and Zerubbabel show up in both places, of course, and we get around that with a Leverite marriage issue. There is a strange event that occurs in the Torah, and we're going to get to Zelophehad shortly in our genealogy, but let me t take it up now. Zelophehad had five daughters, no sons. And he went to Moses and says, what do I do about inheritance? I have no sons. Moses, I'll pray about it. He goes before the Lord. The Lord says, make an exception. So 
Moses records in the Torah an exception in the rules of inheritance, which if a man has no sons, and if the daughter marries within the tribe, the, the father of the bride can adopt that son as his own and have inheritance flow. This is requested of Moses in Numbers 27. It's granted by Joshua. When you get to the book of Joshua, by now, Zelophehad has passed away, because they all passed away, remember, in the 40 years. But the daughters are saying, go to Joshua and say, hey, we uh, check it out. We've got a special deal here. And he does, and they do. And so he, takes, he, he, he grants it. What most people don't think through is what happens in those cases is the husband of the daughter is adopted by his father-in-law. That occurs in Ezra 2 and Nehemiah 7, Numbers uh, 32, and uh, other places. And uh, so that helps explain where some of these genealogies can be confusing because they're not necessarily blood-connected. You have to understand the lineage. But what's interesting about this, very few commentators make any point of this, it turns out that not only is it important, it, the claims of Christ hang on this. This anticipates the lineage of Christ. Joseph is the son-in-law of Heli. The word in the Greek is nomizo. The way it's translated in most Bibles, as he was supposed to be the husband of... You know, it's supposed, the word actually in the Greek means it's reckoned as by law. Reckoned as by law, nomizo. So he's the son-in-law of Heli. It's amazing how many commentators, how many pastors, whatever, don't fully, don't fully recognize that uh, Luke's genealogy is one of Mary. And uh, that the virgin birth is required, in effect, to meet the requirements here. It was hinted at in the Garden of Eden, the seed of the woman. That's a contradiction in biology as well as grammar there. Prophesied by Isaiah, a virgin shall conceive in Isaiah 7.14. And it's required by the blood curse on the royal line in Jeremiah 22.30. So a little background that emerges out of the... Out of, these genealogies can be very dry to wade through, and yet they do reward those that will do the digging in terms of insights. Well, let's get on to chapter 4. Let's get, continue with Judah and Simeon. The sons of Judah, Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, and Shobal. Rei, the son of Shobal, begot Yahath, and Yahath begot Ahumai, and and Lahad, and these, these are the family of the Zorites, or Zorathites. And these were the father of Etam, Jezreel, Ithma, uh, Idbash, and the name of their sister was Hazaloponi. And Penuel, the father of Gedor, and Ezer, the father of Heshua. And these are the sons of Hur, firstborn of Ephrathah, the father of Bethlehem. And Asher, the father of Tekoa, had two wives, Hila and Nara. And Nara bare him Ahuzam, and Hefer, and Temani and Hashashtari, and these were the sons of Nari. The sons of Hela were Zareth and Jezar and Ethmanon, and Koz begot Anub and Zobedah, and the families of Aharahel and the son of Harum. And Jabez, oh, here's a name we heard, was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. Wow. I'm not sure I'd want to be named Jabez, huh? Eh? But here's the verse that's caused some, caused some people to do publish a lot of books. <laughs> and Jabez called on God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. That's it. 
That's all that you'll find on him. But it shows if you can write a book on that, you can sell a lot of books. Not knocking it, but I, a lot of what I hear goes far beyond the intention of the text, I believe, but whatever. Let's move on. And Shalab, the brother of Shua, begot Nahir, which was the father of Eshton, and Eshton begot Bethrapha and Pasia and Tehina, the father Urnahash, and these are the men of Rechab, and the sons of Kenaz, Othniel, Seriah, and the sons of Othniel, Hathath. And Meonath begot Orpha, and Seriah begot Joab, and the father of the valley of Karashim, and they were craftsmen. And the sons of Caleb were the sons of Jephunneh, Eru, Elah, and Nam, and the sons of Elah, even Kenaz, and the sons of Yehalil, and Ziph, and Zephah, and Tiriah, and Azareel, and the sons of Ezra were Jether, and Mered, and Ephur, and Yalan, and Sheber, and Miriam, and Shemei, and Ishba, the father, Estamoah. And his wife, Jehudijah, bare Yared, the father of Gedor, and Heber, the father of Soko, and Jekuthiel, the father of Zenoah, and these are the sons of Bithiah, the, the daughter of Pharaoh, which Mered took. And the sons of his wife, Hodiai, the sister of Nacham, and father of Kailai, the Carmite, and Eshtemoah, the Machathite. And the sons of Shimon were Ammon, and Rinna, and Ben-Hanan, and Palon, and the sons of Ishi were Zoheth, and Ben-Zoheth, and the sons of Shelah were the son of Judah, were Ur, the father of Lekah, and Laada, the father of Merishah, and the families of the house of them that wrought fine linen of the house of Ashbeah, and Joachim, and the men of Shorshbazabah, and Yoash, and Saraf, who had the dominion in Moab, and Yashubilim, and these are ancient things. These were the potters, those that dwelt among the plants and hedges. They dwelt with the king for his work. And the sons of Simeon were Nemuel, Yamin, Yareb, Zerah, and Shaul. And Shalom his son, and Mibsham his son, and Mishnah his son, and the sons of Mishma, Hamuel his son, Zakur his son, Shammai his son. And Shammai had sixteen sons and six daughters, but his brethren had not many children, neither did all their family multiply like to the children of Judah. And they dwelt at Beersheba and Moladah, and Hazarshua. And Bilhah, and Ezem, and Tolad, and at Bethuel, and at Hormah, and at Ziklag, and at Beth Mar Kebaf, and Hazar Sushim, and Beth Biri, and Sharim, these were their cities unto the reign of David. And their villages were Etam, and Ain, and Rimon, and Tochim, and Ashon, five cities. And all their villages that were round about the same cities unto Baal, these were the habitations and their genealogies. Meshobab, Yamlek, and Yasha, the son of Amaziah, and Joel, and Jehu, the son of Josabiah, and the son of Seriah, the son of Eziel, and Eloani, and Yakabah, and Yeshohiah, and Asiah, and Adiel, and Yesimiel, and Beniah, and Ziza, the son of Shephi, the son of Alon, the son of Jedediah, and the son of Shimri, the son of Shemaiah. These mentioned by their names were princes in their families, and the house of their fathers increased greatly. And they went to the entrance of Gedor, even to, unto the east side of the valley, to seek pasture for their flocks. And they found fat pasture and good, and the land was wide and not quiet and peaceable, for they of Ham had dwelt there of old. 
And these written by name came in the days of Hezekiah the king of Judah and smote their tents and habitations that were found there and destroyed them utterly unto his day and dwelt in their rooms because there was pasture there for their flocks. And some of them, even the sons of Simeon, 500 men, went to Mount Seir, having for their captains Pelatiah and Neariah and Rephaiah and Uziel, the sons of Ishi. They smote the rest of the Amalekites that were escaped and dwelt there unto this day. So now we're going to go to the Transjordan tribes. We're talking about the tribes that settled east of the Jordan and uh, Reuben, Gad, and half-tribe of Manasseh. Now the sons of Reuben were the firstborn of Israel. Then a parenthetical explanation. For he was the firstborn, for, but for as much as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. And the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. For Judah prevailed above his brethren, and of him came the chief ruler, but the birthright was Joseph's. So the distinction is being made here by the chronicler that the birthright was Joseph's because Reuben lost it. But Judah is the one that has the royal line in any case. So there's a distinction between the royal line and necessarily the birthright. It's interesting to notice how often in the scripture God bypasses the firstborn. That's the basic rule, the firstborn. He gets the double blessing and so forth. Seth uh, bypasses Cain. Shem bypasses Japheth. Isaac bypasses Ishmael. Jacob bypasses Esau. Both Jude and Joseph bypass Reuben. Moses passes Aaron. Aaron was his older brother. And David, all his brothers. And there may be others, but these were just the ones that, uh, when I had seven, I thought I had enough. Okay. <laughs> Okay. The sons, I say, of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, were Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. And the sons of Joel were Shemei, his son, Gog, his son. There's an interesting name. Shemei, his son. Micah, his son. Rei, his son. And Baal, his son. And Berah, his son. Whom Tilgath-Pelnezer, that was the ruler of Assyria that uh, made so much history. The king of Syria. Carried away captive. He was prince of the Reubenites. See, by... Living east of the Jordan, rather, you remember the deal he struck with these, these two and a half tribes before the, before the time of Joshua, or before the conquest, said, gee, we, we like this land. And, and Moses said, okay, you can, you, as long as you fight with us, and once we have the land, yes, you can come back here, that'll be yours. They made a deal. And they agreed to that. And so uh, that's what they did. They, when they finally came, when the, after the seven-year battle under uh, Joshua, uh, when they conquered the land, subdued the land, the two, two, the Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh elected to live on the east side of the Jordan, the area that we call Gilead and Bashan, or Bashan, and and uh, so on. So um, now, because they're over there, there was a, a a breach in a sense between them and the rest of this country, the the nation. But when the Assyrians finally conquer, they're the first ones to get conquered by the Assyrians because that's where they're coming from. And so, uh, so these guys, they were carried away captive, as was the prince of the Reubenites. So they're the first to fall, if you will. And his brethren, by their families, when their genealogy of their generations was reckoned, were the chief, Yael and Zechariah, and Bela, the son of Zaz, the son of Shema, the son of Joel, who dwelt in the Ararar, even unto Nebo and Baal-Meon. These are all areas that are, that are uh, east of uh, the Jordan, north of the, dead, north of the Dead Sea, obviously. Um, I'll show you on a map in a minute. And eastward he, he inhabited 
unto the entering into the wilderness from the river Euphrates, because their cattle were multiplied in the land of Gilead. And the days of Saul, they made war with the Hagarites and fell by their hand. And they dwelt in their tents throughout all the east land of Gilead. And the children of Gad dwelt over and against them in the land of Bashan and Selka and Joel, chief, the Shaphan, the next, and Janiai and Shaphat in Bashan. And the brethren of their fathers were Michael, Meshulam, and Sheba, and Jorai, and Yachan, and Zei, and Heber, seven. These are the children of Abihail, the son of Huri, the son of Yahroah, the son of Gilead, the son of Michael, the son of Yeshashai, and the son of Yadho, the son of Buz. Ahai, the son of Abdiel, the son of Gunai, the chief of the house of their fathers. And they dwelt in Gilead in Bashan, and her towns, and all the suburbs of Sharon, on their borders. All these were reckoned by genealogies in the days of Jotham, the king of Judah, and the days of Jeroboam, king of Israel. Now, the Gilead up there, or in the Bashan, those are very closely related areas, very well known for cattle raising. In fact, the bulls of Bashan are an expression used frequently. In fact, there's even a reference to it by Christ hanging on the cross. So I'll let you chase that down. Gives you an overview here in broad terms. We have obviously... We're on the uh, eastern coast, uh, eastern edge of the, uh, uh, the uh, Mediterranean, and uh, Mount Hermon, the big, the high spot near the top. And as you come down, you come to, uh, as the snows melt at Mount Hermon, they come down to Lake Kenneth, or uh, uh, Lake Galilee, as we would call it, and then uh, down through the Jordan River, through the uh, Dead Sea, and it dead ends at the Dead Sea. There are some rivers that also feed it. There are two key rivers, the river between Edom and Moab, and the river that divides Bashan and Gilead. But anyway, these are going from north to south, Bashan, Gilead, Moab, Edom, and then down to Midian, where the, where the uh, uh, Mount Sinai is in, in what we would call Arabia today. Not the Sinai Peninsula. That's a recently confirmed discovery, in our opinion. You've been listening to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher was Chuck Missler, teaching through the book of 1 Chronicles. For a complete listing of resources available, please visit khouse.org. You can also call us on 1-800-K-HOUSE-1. To learn more about Koinonia Institute, visit koinoniainstitute.org. Thank you for listening to 6640 and for your continued prayerful support of this ministry. Until next time, as we continue this series, may God bless you with the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, as you study His Word.